Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Police Applicant Podcast. This, Christine, is episode number eight for real. And I wrote it down. It's, it's verified. It's verified this time. I wrote it down this time because we got it wrong last time. So this is episode number eight. This is pretty cool. Uh, this episode, last episode seven, was with a recent uh, police academy uh, graduate. And um, th- that was uh, six months of the academy. We went th- through the academy time and the life with him. This time, our guest is a TAC officer with a Southern California uh, Police Academy. So we're going to get the other side of the, the uh, coin here. And so we are here with Will, and he's with a uh, Southern California PD, but he also is a TAC officer with Rio Hondo Police Academy, and that's a JC in Whittier, California. And uh, Will, how are you today? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you both for having me. Outstanding. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. So this... So, um, so uh, Ken, yeah. JC, you mean a junior college. Junior college. And tell us what tax stands for yeah what is that tech officer because in the academy when i went through it was a di a, a drill instructor yeah uh it's been it's been changed for post and now tack what used to be a di drill instructor is now recruit training officer what's the purpose for that recruit rto so it's it's just i guess it sounded a little too milita- militaristic oh we don't want okay. that and, yeah <laughs> So post post change it to RTO okay. recruit okay. training officer for the police academy. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so it's a uh, recruit training officer, and is that the same as a TAC officer? Yes, that is equivalent. Okay, so for the purposes of of because uh, we have listeners from from all over the United States and actually outside the country, and so for the purposes of the podcast, we're still talking about a, the DI for other for other academies yes or outside california this is a california post thing it, it, every academy has to has to have a, a attack officer now or rto yeah okay yes rto real good mm-hmm. and um tell us a little bit about yourself we're not naming we're not naming departments here today guys but we are uh, gonna find out a little bit about uh, about will and i think uh, he's been uh, he's been around for a little bit here so tell us a little bit about yourself will um i have 20 years on law enforcement experience i've been at the my current agency for about 20 years now i worked uh, patrol gangs uh did a six-year stint in in detective investigations and uh, then i did two years undercover on a task force and I was I came back and I became a field training officer all right and promoted to corporal and did two years in recruit and training and just promoted a sergeant all right so you nice congratulations you were a couple years uh in backgrounds then so you know about the backgrounds I just I just left about three weeks ago all right how you like in uh how you like being a sergeant uh it's way different (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it though. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good team, very good, good young proactive team. So now, how long that have you helps. how long have you been working as an RTO? Uh, five and a half years now. Wow, mm-hmm. Christine, this is uh, a time. I've got about eight eight academy classes under my belt. So so, how often do you lose your voice screaming at the cadets? <laughs> uh, did it take you uh, a while to build up that tolerance? Yeah, it, it takes a, it takes some time to build up the lungs and capacity to scream and yell and discipline these uh, these recruits. There you go. And well, well it, so- it sounds like you're there. It sounds like you've gotten there. <laughs> the, in- the endurance is built. I'm having a headache in the beginning. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Tell us the difference between um, between a junior college police academy and being self-sponsored and being sponsored by another agency. So a junior college uh, police academy would be affiliated with the college. It's basically a lot of uh, local police agencies sending their recruits, cadets, to a six-month, 26-week police academy. And then you also have the opportunity, if you haven't been hired or you're actively putting in applications with all these police agencies, to self-sponsor yourself, meaning self-sponsored cadets. And versus like LAPD or CHP or or the LA County Sheriff's Department or Orange County or Riverside where the agency that agency hosts the actual police academy to all all agencies would you say that the the junior college academies are would you say they're more hardcore than the than the big department academies no i it would be agency specific or how the community uh, college runs that academy. So at Rio Hondo specifically, we do high stress compared to Golden West College in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I've been there. I, I sent one of our recruits that we hired for my for my agency to there, and there's a slight difference in stress structure and command presence. Mm. So, and by high stress, you mean like getting up in their face and like kind of yelling at them. like it's not a personal yelling at them, but it's putting them in a position to like kind of see if you can break them a little bit right i like it yes so oh, yeah. what would be what would be an example of like first day approaching somebody like do you find somebody that like looks that maybe looks um like vulnerable that you can kind of like attack or is it kind of this do you do you keep it uniform for everybody pretty much like kind of give everybody the same amount or what's your kind of what's your uh philosophy with that or what do you typically how do you approach that first day we call it day we call it day zero okay um, that's their in, in, introduction to the police academy and we have several rtos and we just evenly distribute the stress to most of the the cat to the cadets okay so everyone kind of gets the same amount then it's not like it's it's focused on one person more than the other but one or two or particular cadets that if they're displaying some type of uh, weakness or non-command presence, right? We zero in and focus. Yeah, and target <laughs> them. Well, you kind of have to. It's it's funny to think about, but it's also really sad. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to. I mean, you have to be able like that's part of the to. training, right? Is ordered because it's better to happen to them there and better to break break that down and and kind of address that then rather than when they're out in the field when they're actually going to get eaten alive. So exactly. This is preparing them for reactive, reactive distress. Right. Uh, being yelled by a, uh, a non-compliant subject out in the field who's HBD or under the influence or just not rolling with the program. RTOs are the first line of defense when it comes to preparing someone from civilian to sworn life yeah. in this profession. So in the academy, not everybody gets a trophy. So uh, a participation so, certificate. A participation yeah. certificate. And so, I mean, if you can't take it in the academy, when you get out yeah. into the field, and I've been watching these uh, these news stories about these uh, riots and things like that where, where cops are getting bricks and 
bottles of urine thrown at them and you just can't fold and say this is really too hard i can't take so the whole purpose of this yeah. of this um getting in their face and stressing them is to see if they can handle the academy and what's to come yes and our our certain agencies and chiefs of police want their cadets their recruits to go through stress as well as academics uh, the physical regimen the the shooting the qualification and um you know going through a scenarios eventually in the academy but if they can't handle spilling out information like like what's a penal code section for 211 and if they can't get that under stress and spill that information out how are they supposed to do that out to broadcast uh, a foot pursuit mm-hmm. or felony felony broadcast uh, in progress yeah can you can you tell us uh the first day of the academy because they always, we always hear about the black line in in the academy uh, can you tell us about that very first day when they're just fresh coming in and they don't know what's up? He's laughing over there. <laughs> okay, so our 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 recruits they they park up, up up on the hill. It's called Nike Hill. They march down. They're escorted by two of our senior our DIs. Then they're met by two additional recruit training officers, and we tell them to start running. They're running with all their gear. It's all hot. Yeah. They're starting to get sweaty. That's and right. we're just yelling in their faces, move it, move it. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't freaking eyeball me. And then uh, we lead them to the uh, the mat room. Which Will, is, Will do, you, do, you, do you cuss at them? No, you cannot. Okay. That's unfortunate. <laughs> more good. Slip. I I use other words in lieu of uh, profanity. But yeah, it, it's against uh, policy procedures. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So we're continuing to yell at them. Uh, they all form a line, uh, kind of like a square, square type of uh, alignment. And we tell them to drop their gear, run in place. We start drilling them, um, jumping jacks, push-ups, um, flutter kicks. Tell us what's your name. Why are you here? You're out of shape. You look like a slob. You know, um, follow directions. What's on your patch? Meaning, like, what's your agency? What's give me your? Uh, what's the law enforcement code of ethics? I mean, we're just <laughs> twenty minutes of hardcore high stress. That's awesome. I love it. So, what happens when they don't it, answer correctly? Oh, you give them physical. It's called incentive discipline or IT. This is incentive training. This is a tried and true method. It, it works. There's nothing bad about it. And uh, now, this no, is the first day. No. <clears throat> are they in, in uniform or are they in in uh, suits uniform oh they have a uniform already okay yes all right so now do you now when you see these these recruits in front of you can you tell the ones that Mm -hmm. for instance have been in the military and been through boot camp and the ones who have not yeah it's funny you say that ken um you can and then you can't because uh, there's a different type of military breed and like caliber of results that we're seeing from the military now Mm. And a few of a few of them have, have failed out and and quit. And some are actually some are leaders, and some are just like okay, they're reserve military, and they don't come out and with that command presence. Well, that's that's disappointing because the the military the military vets were some of the best the best candidates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not true anymore. Yeah, probably not even Time just because I, I would imagine they would be the best because they're not only good at like they're used to taking that kind of yelling from boot camp, but they're also good at taking orders, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it's normal for them. Yes. 
and I've had some recruits where they're they're gonna they've quit because they can't hack the the military structure of a police academy versus and or the education yeah. part of it. Now the the police academy, I think a lot of people think of the police academy as this big blob of just the police academy, but there is shooting, there's tactics, there's self defense, there's academics, um, mm-hmm. and there's uh, physical training. It's a lot for people to take in. It's very very difficult. Um, and it's it's supposed to be stress a stressful situation and your yes. job is to kind of mold them into future police officers correct yes that is our main purpose and also to prepare them for the field training officer program okay so essentially kind of break them down to build them up to what you need them to be yeah so i think um oh go ahead ken no no i wasn't saying anything um I shoot, I just lost what I was thinking of. Um, when it comes to to uh, cadets that are in the academy, in some ways, I feel like um, like obviously it would be stressful and it would be hard to to kind of manage or cope during those stressful situations to try to keep like a clear head and focus on what you need to do correctly. Um, but also like trying to keep a head where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't personal, where you can take it. I feel like it would almost be like more of an incentive. Like if you're feeling self conscious or feeling like an idiot, like oh god, I look stupid doing this this exercise or or I'm not doing this well, that somebody screaming at you, it, I feel like for me would be an incentive in a way to be like, oh God, okay, I need to, I need to get this. So I feel like in a way it's kind of helpful because it's kind of like, all right, I gotta, I gotta prove, I gotta prove them wrong. So I think in some ways it's good in that regard too, because it kind of is like reverse psychology where they start to, once they start to kind of get past that point of, oh my God, this is overwhelming. It starts to really make them start to prove themselves where they're like, okay, I, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable doing this but somebody talking crap to me while i'm doing it is going to be more incentive for me to to get through it i'm not going to quit type of thing so that and that would be what i would expect from a lot of like it, it is what the mentality is supposed to be you know mm-hmm. ideally yeah when i went through the you bring, you bring up a lot of points good points <laughs> when i went through the academy we were getting yelled at the first day and then we saw these guys come out in uniform and they were our i don't know if they called them back then counselors they were our counselors or something like that you know they're split and i thought here they come the guys in the uniforms are supposed to be our friends they go hey everybody blah blah no, blah and then they start yelling at us and i'm like oh nobody's our friend here <laughs> you know and this uh nope. uh everything nope. now in your academy uh will are you are you the pt instructor and the di and 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 all, everything in that academy yes and no um the RTOs are basically in charge of the discipline, the mentoring, evaluation, and the running the daily operations of the academy. We do, we are certified in issuing physical discipline. If they don't know their law enforcement code of ethics, if they don't know any codes, if they're not, if they're failing to obey instruction. So we are, we are certified to give them incentive training. Same. Now there's a arrest control technique instructors. There's physical training instructors that are separate from the RTOs. Mm. So do you guys tag team those things when the other guys are there? Are you guys there to kind of be screaming at them while the other guys are kind of, you know what I mean? Like, do you guys tag team those things where you have somebody else come in and teach like defensive, defensive tactics or, you know, arrest procedures, but you guys are there like beating them down while they're, while they're <laughs> learning and practicing those things or how does that work? No, uh, that's a separate classroom. And okay. those those instructors, 
that's what they focus on. The okay. RTOs are hands off. Okay. So that, I mean, that's kind of good that they're, that they're able to focus on that without those high straight, high stake situations, but they get a little bit of both. So it's, you give them a fighting chance of learning what they need to do and then putting them in a position where they need to perform what they've learned in a high stress situation, which is exactly what you'd want. Exactly. So okay. once they get their 10 minute break, they belong to the RTOs okay. and we get about a good 10 minutes with them. Right. And we throw scenarios at them. We quiz them, give them physical discipline. Basically, yeah, put what they learned to the test. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what you just learned under 835 PC, which is our authorization to use force, use of force. Give me the definition. What you just learn? If you don't know it, you owe me 10 push-ups, 10 pull-ups, get on your face, do it now. Or you owe me a memo tomorrow on, you owe me a one page, two page on Graham versus Connor or Terry versus Ohio. And you're going to give me a discipline, give me an example of a use of force in Sinison. So do, how often does it happen that, you know, one, one cadet screws up and then everybody gets punished for it? Is that a common thing? It's common. common. Okay. Fair. Like you said earlier, <laughs> you, you want them to commit the mistakes there. We're there right. to build them from the ground up and to prepare them from the FTO program. That way yeah. they're not fumbling when they get in the car with an FTO. It also, it also causes that the group to kind of rally together to be able to, I mean, if you guys are singling out ones that are struggling, then yeah. it incentivizes them wanting to rally together to help that other person that's struggling because they're like, all right, I'm sick of doing pushups. We're going to get this kid up to speed. So we stop getting screwed, you know? <laughs> So that's and cool we push too. them. I'm like, hey, you're, you're if you're the squad leader, get this cadet, get him squared away. Yeah. If not, go do some study groups on your days off because he he or she is holding up the class. Right. And RTOs are just zeroing in on that person who's weak, poor memorization, and the class is gonna struggle suffer for it. Yeah. So do you ever, in all honesty, I mean that would be difficult, I think, to be. Because I obviously like you're a human being, you have a heart, you're compassionate, whatever. You're like, no, I don't. But I think <laughs> when you're in that situation, it's, it must be hard sometimes. Do you feel bad sometimes? Like, is it difficult for you to, to have to zero in on yeah. somebody where you're kind of like, oh, God, this kid is struggling and I but you have to yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh, you, that, once you that turn on hard. the RTO and Ken knows this, you game, it's, it's game on, your game face. Everything is business, business, business. I have three three things that I tell them. I'm hard. I am firm, but I am fair. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes I'll just be like, oh my gosh, come on, get it together. <laughs> Do I feel bad in t- inside? Yes. But if I show weakness, then they're going to be weak. Gonna, yeah. Okay, well, my, my RTO is weak, so I have to set that example. Right. I'm going to be hard, firm, and fair. For their sake, yeah. Yeah. Here's 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 what I think of Will so far. So I watch these YouTube videos, and every once in a while, one will come up, and it'll go, the lion is eyeballing the gazelles and then all of a sudden and they go in and there's the weakest one and the lion goes on the weakest one and that's what i think that will i think that will does that they they single out the weak ones and they go which you know what though it sounds it sounds like it could be kind of like a mean thing but will could be saving someone's life man right by getting someone to go you uh, my (laughs) i failed a i failed one of those some test some academic test and my my mm-hmm. my uh my pt instructor he goes well roy ball maybe you ought to think about uh, another profession oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know it, it's it's like 
you got to get a wicket. You either want this or you don't. And, um, and and you said it earlier, Christine, it's it's all about mindset and reverse psychology. Like if someone's yelling in your face, giving them 10, 20 pushups, and you can't think on your feet, how are they supposed to go out and handle a domestic violence call? Yeah. Right. So we are the first line and encounter in law enforcement right. that these civilians are encountering. Mm-hmm. Right. And like Ken said, like I, I've been in FTO, so I'm seeing it from an academy over recruitment personnel officer exactly and hiring and now as an fto and now as a sergeant i'm like okay do i want this kid futures am i gonna supervise this kid as a young uh, slick sleeve officer out in the field i think it's great that you have that path that led you to where you're at now because you have the knowledge of having been a field training officer and seeing where they're well prepared and where they're ill prepared or like under prepared mm-hmm. and you have like a unique perspective to be and they're lucky for them that you have a unique perspective to kind of hone in on what's important that you need to focus on them and be really hard on them for because you know these are weaknesses that people have displayed before so i think it's good for the the cadets that have you as a, a, a di or an rto to kind of have that that insight as to you know you're going to make sure they're prepared because you've seen where people haven't been on the in the field training setting so yes. that's cool Spot on. I got a, I got a couple of questions here for will that i'm thinking about these sure. two these two i'm going to put these two together but they may um they may be separate or they may kind of melt into each other. So okay. what advice would you give to to recruits who are just going to get going to go into the academy? How should they prep to go into the academy? And what are the biggest mistakes that recruits make in the academy? Okay. Uh, <laughs> to prepare for the academy, you should already be, be prepared about a year prior, mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, taking college courses and it can be anything really it doesn't have to be criminal justice but because you're already going to get to learn that in the academy uh, number two is apply with agencies that you can see yourself working for mm-hmm. and I, I tell them hey prepare give yourself like three agencies to apply for and hopefully you get picked up um those that are going to self-sponsor themselves obviously going to, to college is an advantage uh second be in shape reach out to other officer law enforcement agencies uh, go on ride-alongs and talk to people in the profession now for mistakes that i see as recruits failing out is no heart the minute it starts to get hard they fail Number three, not being physically prepared. If you're physically prepared, that's something you don't really have to focus on. It just comes natural. Well, right? thing but if you're not, we will break you down. Believe me, we will break you down if you are not physically prepared. The, that's one of the big things is these, these uh, we talked about it, Christine, on another episode where the recruits get into the academy at, and they know what the bare minimum to pass yep. The, the PFQ is, and that's what oh, they go right yes. at the minimum. Yeah, sh- shout out, shout out to Sean and his wife. <laughs> that's right. That was um, from that podcast. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the big deals um, during the academy. Can you tell us a little bit about the differences between being self-sponsored and sponsored by an agency? Obviously, self-sponsored means that you're paying you're paying the bill, you're going full time, you're not getting paid to go to the academy, where the other ones now self-sponsored. You need those are those need to be top tier candidates. You have to be really confident that you're top tier because when the headhunters come to shop for for police uh, recruits or probationary officers, you need to be top tier. You need to be really on top of your game yeah. if you're going to self sponsor, right? Yes, Ken. Um, self sponsored is basically someone 
who is applying through the community college and uh, they're paying their way through a police academy. And there is a, a criteria. They have to pass the fingerprints. They have to go through an oral interview. They have to take the PAT, physical agility test, and they have to take a written exam, which is also known as a Pella mm-hmm. And they have to submit an autobiography and make sure that they don't have any, any convictions. That's just for the college. Most of the time, what we're seeing with self-sponsored is people that are just can't get hired with other agencies. And their best shot is, you know what? Let me sponsor myself. Agencies are gonna come and recruit and hopefully you can get hired and picked up during that process during or or right up to graduating the police academy. Do you now I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, do you have any statistics about how many uh, the percentage of people who self-sponsor actually get picked up? I can give you approximates. So right now there's about 42 recruits in this academy class. Started off with 53. 21 are spot are correction. 21 are self-sponsored. They're paying their way through. All the ones that quit prior to that were all self-sponsored. Hmm. So about we've had 53 to 42. If you do the do the do the math, that's okay. how many are left to hopefully get hired. So one thing I think is kind of interesting, like if you think about the self, like the crummy thing about self-sponsoring is obviously, yeah, you have to pay for it, right? And probably have a full-time job on top of going to the academy, right? Or some kind of part-time job or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that that's a kind of a crummy aspect of it. But one nice thing about being self-sponsored is the fact that you don't have to quit a job. That's like your offer is contingent upon passing the academy, right? Because you, you have people, the nice thing about being sponsored by an academy is you're you're theoretically hired and they pay your way to go through the academy but that job offer is contingent upon your ability to pass that academy so if you don't you've quit a job you now flunk out of the academy and you're screwed you're out of a job so good luck mm-hmm. so that that's it's kind of a toss-up it's nice to be able to be self-sponsored it sucks that you have to pay for it but it's more i guess it's safer but at the same time you're not guaranteed that job at the end if you do pass if you pass after being sponsored by a by a by an agency you're guaranteed that job so it's kind of hit and miss for some people i think mm-hmm. that um their decision to go which way yeah what well, and a- we've had sponsored sponsored cadets from like, uh, let's say, uh, West Covina or El Monte PD, and they have failed out and they were paid sponsored recruits by a police department. Right. Where versus the self-sponsored cadets are trying to prove, paying their way through and are hungrier yeah. to get hired versus that sponsored cadet. And it, it's a gamble. We be- yeah, it's a gamble it because they you you have to pay for it, and it's how much does it cost to self sponsor? That's actually I have the actual numbers. It's about three thousand four hundred twenty-eight dollars. Oh, self-sponsor. so not bad. That's that that's that community college tuition though. That's why everybody should go to a community <laughs> college prior to going to a university. And <laughs> that's a shameless yeah. plug there. And you can't work. You can't. You got to quit your job to go to the academy. Yeah, like like Christine said, if obviously you have a full time job or a part time job, there's no way. Some yeah. people just some people just go off their savings or they will they will work at least maybe on their days off wow. or just not work at all that would be tough yeah. uh, i that would that, be really hard that'd be very very difficult um you could probably put yourself through uh self-sponsor the academy with your stimulus stimulus checks your stimmy check <laughs> stimmy stimmy Stimmies. stimmy check <laughs> hey will um yeah. have have you ever i'm sure you have but as far as um 
you seen in a seen someone in the academy a recruit and then just knowing in your heart of hearts they just shouldn't be there have you what what do you do in that situation i mean myself and other di's or recruit training officers we have pulled that recruit or that cadet aside oh that's we'll that's kind call them into the office and we'll give them a heart to heart and just not convince them to, to, to quit or resign, but it's like, you're not prepared. Your actions are, are dictating us that you're not ready for this academy. And yes, you do feel sorry for them, but hey, you know what? Good riddance get out. You're yeah. not ready. I think, I think that's really kind that you guys do that. And I'm glad that you do that rather than like breaking them down to the point that they want to quit. It's kind to pull them in and have a heart to heart and just, just level with them. Like, Hey, look, you're not mm -hmm. ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so. there's a difference. Obviously, if we're, if, if we're screaming at them out, out there on the, on the blacktop or um, outside a classroom. And then when bring them, bring them into the office. That's a different setting. Right. Like we'll just talk heart to heart. We're not going to yell, scream and yell at them, but not that that hasn't happened. Yeah. Well, this is, this is serious business. It's not, you know, this isn't a sports team where you didn't make the cut. And mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is a, seeing someone and saying that, yeah, you know, I think, um, I think you could get killed out there. I don't think you've got what it takes, yeah. you know, and you've got to, you got to step up. That. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've even in backgrounds, I've seen, candidates that i'm like why are you here why are you sitting in front right. of me because you just know mm -hmm. but right. in the you're, academy you're either giving you're either giving them you're saving their life or you're giving them like a very necessary wake-up call to hey like get get yourself in line and start stepping up and showing us what we need to see um or or don't you know but but mm -hmm. don't put yourself in that position or you know us in that position where we have to see something bad happen as a result because you're not prepared so yeah yeah I, Preparation. I've, I've been running uh, policebackground.net for since about 2007 and i've never sugar-coated it I mean, I show them, I show that I've done uh, officer survival podcasts where mm -hmm. I've talked to officers who, who had to, had to shoot the bad guy and kill them. Um, we've done, I post stuff when officers, um, when officers have been killed in the line of duty. And, you know, I tell people this, I'd say that figure out if you want to be a cop, because the worst thing that can happen is you'll be murdered in the line of duty is that what you want to do do you want to do this job yeah. and i'm sure you have the real life conversations with these recruits man because there's some people yeah. you go you can't you can't go in a police car you can't and and to touch on that is if we don't give the stress to these recruits they're going to say well they they just graduated and slipped through like 40 50 bodies now they're a warm body we are we are saying that this person passed a 26 week police academy right you're liable you're responsible for them kind of who's accountable mm -hmm. yeah what academy did you go to who hired you um who was your instructor yeah you guys have to look out for yourselves in terms of giving them a rubber stamp to be like hey these people are good it's like mm -hmm. well but if they're not then that kind of comes down on you guys too yeah. so yeah. how how often do you have um cadets like break down and just like cry Mm. in front of you is that a, i hope that that's not a common thing <laughs> you actually i actually made one cadet cry last class okay how bad how bad was it on a scale of one to awful how bad was it <laughs> one being awful and 10 being like uh i'd say about like a four. Oh god we're kidding yeah. and that was a sponsored cadet that's uh so are they I, I mean i was hard i was hard did they, did they stick it out did she stick it out yeah yeah. She did good for her. They just my style is a little a little different. Yeah. 
Now, are but, you- but it's good though. It's good if they were all the same, it wouldn't, you know, you have to have the diverse different styles of, because not everybody's going to act the same when they're in that profession mm-hmm. too. So it's better for mm-hmm. them if, if they face a, a ton of different people that are, you know, giving them that in, in different, in a different way, different capacity. Yeah. Do the RTOs follow the classes throughout the day? Yes. Yes, we do. So what, whatever they're doing, you're on top and you know, you know what, what your cadets are, are doing and how they're performing and everything. Yes. Yeah, so we, we meet with either with the instructor, obviously there's a structure of, of classes and, and instruction for the day. And pretty much we know what they're doing. Right. Very cool. What they think that we don't, but we do. <laughs> so yeah, you you guys are are keenly aware of the fact that like, wow, you did really well in in this area, but you're really you're really dragging ass in this one. You know, you need to work, <laughs> or you know that students, you know, or the cadets that are in one, they're struggling in one area, they're also struggling in this other one. You know, so you can kind of have a good a good overview of what you're looking at and what what students need what work and yeah, to be able to mm-hmm. kind of address all those. Yeah, the academy's broken up, so we get. Their test percentage, we get their information from other instructors, and we know how they're doing on their exams, and we have to evaluate them. So I'm going to ask you a question. We asked Michael, the guy that was the the, the recent graduate, give mm. us a, give us a rundown from from uh, zero dark thirty to the end of the day. Give us a rundown of the entire day, mm. a typical day. Okay, um, the recruits march in. They're met by the RTOs, and coordinators. And we welcome them. We get their folders, which have all their memos that we've quizzed them on and told them, hey, you owe us those. Welcome them. <laughs> yeah, just a, we welcome them. To- Air we inspect them. <laughs> we go up and down there at the squads, make sure their, their uniforms are clean, their guns are clean. And then they go out and uh, to their lockers, come back. They do cleaning duties. And then they report to the classroom classroom like say they're going to go through crimes against persons for two hours with the instructor in those two hours there's two 10-minute breaks that they need per the education code those 10 minutes they have to go to the bathroom wash their hands because of covid now they didn't wash their hands before (laughs) i would hope so (laughs) and then we meet them and we we uh, we tack them tack them (laughs) for about tack yeah, attack them for whatever time we, we have with them. After that, they go back to class, and then uh, two cadets have to report to the RTO office. They're either the timekeepers or the class leaders. They have to pound on the on, on the door, make their speech, go in, and we and we usually say enter. And then once they get in there, man, we just uh, we just attack them. I think it would be hard for me to keep a straight face if somebody said that to me. I'm going to get torn apart. You better hope you have a straight face because if not, if you break, oh, you're you're done. Mm. Hopefully my hopefully it'll have masks. The mask requirement will still be in place. Christine, I don't I don't think I don't see you like I don't see you laughing. I see you in the academy and there's a little little piddle on the floor where you you're peeing in your I, no, I think up. I think like in the moment I would be able to keep a straight face, but thinking about it now because we're in this setting, it's funny to laugh. Like when you say like if you're saying like enter, like enter the room, it just makes me laugh. But I think in the moment, yeah, I would definitely be like, I better keep my shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, we've had many people with different faces, like smirks <laughs> or RBF. 
Yeah. Or just just go and get Botox just, before so your face doesn't move. Scared. <laughs> so we, we cue in on, on nonverbal cues. And in the academy, when the RTO is in your face, there's not always the right answer, correct? You will never get the right answer. There, unless it's memorized word per word and they spill that out under stress and we're getting in their faces, then yes, there is a correct answer. Mm. But when we tell them to give, give me a scenario, they they fall apart. And that's where I come in and I just attack. And that, do you, have you uh, seen where recruits come in really green the first day of the academy and at the end in graduation, you go, you just say, congratulations, man. Yep. You pulled it off, yep. you did it. We we have, and we, we try to, we try to, <clears throat> You see, root out, root out the the week, and then you see their progression. And eventually, once they graduate, you know, you just shake their hand and talk to them like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And they're really hesitant either to walk up to you, sir, thank you, thank you for everything. I'm like, hey, you 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 came a long way. On the on the last day of the academy, we we had all our instructors. We were, I don't remember what this. We threw them in the pool. In class A's, I don't know who who's brought a. We didn't get in trouble, so it was cool, you know. But at the That's end awesome. of the, if you if you make it through that six months, the reward is that you you are welcomed in. Yes, to the law enforcement uh, family. Yeah, and do you have do you have um, you know going back to PT and the the PFQ mm-hmm. and the physical training and stuff like that? What recommendations do you have for the for these folks that want to be in the academy to to not show up to not show up unprepared for physical training oh that, that's a whole nother topic <laughs> but as a recruit training officer um i would say be prepared a year and a half to two years if you're already have some type of physical regimen that you were in athletics like in football cross country basketball jujitsu uh, i would hope you would carry that coming into the to the academy but in the PAT and, and the PFQ, if you're just barely making it, you're not going to make it through six months. So my recommendation is obviously be physically prepared. Mm-hmm. Do all you can to to stay in shape, eat right, and know that you're gonna you're gonna go through 26 weeks of intensive training. I think important to to touch on that we kind of mentioned um, in our last podcast, Ken, is e- even just like you said, prefacing like your family members or people that are close to you on that too. Like I'm going to be going through this for, you know, 26 weeks or however long it is to let them know, hey, like this is the deal. I'm going to be, you know, really spread thin and kind of explaining that to other people too. So that you, that's kind of like a buffer there that that can, I don't know, explain to other people that's what you're going through so they can be supportive mm-hmm. to you also because you're going to need, you're going to need the support yeah. and, and then being understanding, but also being supportive of you when you're going through that, that rough time. Right. So, right. Do you, um, so True. will what advice would you give to our listeners who want to be cops in the worst way here we are i want to i want to i want to split this up into two separate type of questions one is okay what would you what would you say to recruits who want to you know what i'm going to make this one question because this is the this is the big deal for me here we are in 2021 yeah here we are in 2021 it's not mm-hmm. 20 years ago when you came on and it's not over 40 years ago when I came on and times are different in 2021. So what would yes. you say to the people who are, have stayed the course 
and want to still be police officers in 2021 to, you know, I, I don't even know how to, how to, how to phrase it, but to, to motivate them for the ones that want to still do this job. I would say law enforcement is, is a calling and you have to have a drive to be a public servant behind that is is what you bring to the table how are you raised um, your your mental your mental drive and who you surround yourself around and those that want to be law enforcement you are putting yourself out on the front line ahead of yourself and others you're putting others ahead of yourself bottom line mm-hmm. you have to have that drive you have to have that passion uh, be a good team player be physically fit family um and obviously mentally you have to have you have to have it together mm-hmm. Outstanding. and recruitment uh, is uh, it's going to be tough especially what's going on when in social media the news and i had i had hired a kid good kid great education no no background issues went to the police academy went to the fto program and they had just graduated in february of last year and all we know what happened after two and a half months after that all right the george floyd incident and then covid hit and then the riots occurred here in la or throughout the throughout the country mm-hmm. and the kid was doing well in the, in the in the academy and as well as in the fto program he had a few bad nights with the fto and just training issues and decided to quit I talked to him, I think the week later, and he just basically said, it's, this is just not for me. I'm going to go back to the social services uh, profession. I gave it a shot and I truly respect what you do, sir, and what the agency did for him to get hired on. But law enforcement's uh, not my calling, but he tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. I've had, uh, I've talked to many people. I respect that. Yeah, a lot better than someone who's just going to stick it out and he's going to injure himself or another partner or one of the other officers, mm-hmm. right? And get somebody killed. Exactly. I well, I think too, it's important remembering um, and him acknowledging that, like you're putting yourself in the front line of like danger, but also in the front line of scrutiny, like constant mm-hmm. scrutiny from all from mm-hmm. all angles. And so I think that that's important to remember, especially now, um, like in today's like age of technology, but also like the political climate and social climate that's going on right now. I think like, yeah, to be able to, to recognize that, that even though this is a calling, like you really have to latch onto that because those things will all be factors that will make you question that. So yeah, it's true. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. I know that uh, in these, uh, in these times we have to be a little bit more politically correct and we can't. Uh, we have to kind of address all things, um, but I like the hardcore. I like the hardcore police academies, and I, I respect the the DIs that go on there because you can't. You, only, you know, it's just not. You're gonna be. You're gonna be um, uh, an RTO. Just go and yell. Go and yell because that's not it. You're. 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 Any, anybody can yell. Yeah. But can you teach? Can you mentor? Can you guide? Can you bring on your experience as a law enforcement officer to the new? or the future of law enforcement. Yeah. 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 It's one, it's one thing to scream, but it's one thing to be able to get a point across and have it be effective. Cause otherwise it's just, yeah. If, <laughs> if I can add real quick, one of the, one of the most humbling um, feelings I get is when, when the recruits come up at the end of the Academy and they just shake your hand and say, thank you, sir. Your, your scenarios, you were tough on us and you really pushed us. Yeah. Thanks for the tough love. Thanks for kicking my ass. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and they remember that. 
they will remember the RTOs versus like the instructors or the academy coordinators and all that. They remember the RTOs, the DIs. Yes, one of those. But it's humbling and, and rewarding when they come up to you because you know you've done your job. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those and things you where you, during the academy, you hate that guy. You hate him so much. And then once you get out, you go, I love you. I love you so much. You know yeah, so it's a love hate relationship, I would imagine. <laughs> but you remember those yeah, people. One of my, yeah. You know, yeah. I, one of my officers, they're like, I hated you. <laughs> Like, you were such an a-hole. <laughs> I have uh, now you know. I, I I happen to remember my background my background um, investigator back when, but I've talked mm-hmm. to many candidates and they go, "Well, who was your background investigator?" God, it was um, it was two years ago. It was a really long time. I don't remember their name, but I remember to this day. I remember my DIs oh, yeah. and I remember my yep. my PT instructor yep. you know I remember when Terry Spears we were running yeah. up a hill and Terry Spear called me a cabbage head I remember that <laughs> during PT and those are the guys that you remember man but uh hey Ken, well I'm changing your name in my phone to cabbage head cabbage head change it cabbage head <laughs> and cabbage head Royal. cabbage head He's the same. He's the same guy that said, "Roy Paul, I'm getting sick. I'm not used to running this slow." He's a, you remember those things? That you remember the academy in those days? And uh, I would not do it again. But I would not do it again. <laughs> so, but uh, Will, thanks a lot for coming on, man. And uh, we really appreciate uh, the time you spent with us. And I think it'll be an eye opener uh, for our listeners. Um, and it's not to make the academy scary, but it is. <laughs> scary it times. Is, it, 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 it's scary times. It's good times. It's actually fun. Um, but it, it, it is business. Yeah. And it's memories that you will never get back. Yeah. And the RTOs aren't there to be your friend. They're not there to be your friend. No. No. For the most part, no. I will say <laughs> this, Ken and Christine, that the mentoring comes towards like the last, I would say, two months. Mm. We really kind of tone it down because we're preparing them for scenarios, practical scenarios. And then that's when we talk about the FTO program, your expectations, um, family support, uh, finances, don't blow all your money. And we really kind of mentor them. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do tone it down. Cool. Yeah, Christine, do you have any additional questions for Will? I don't think so. I think you're pretty good about taking them as we as we came up with them. But it was a super good conversation. I'm, I'm glad that, that you were able to come on and join us. Yeah, I wanted. Excuse me. Uh, we normally have a, a, a set of questions, kind of keep us in line. But but I, I told Christine mm-hmm. that you know I just wanted to shoot from the hip with Will. This this yeah. this podcast yeah. was a little more special. It's, it's not it's not one of those things where you can just uh, have a list of questions and and like that. Um, so we appreciate you uh, you uh, telling us about the academy and being here. And uh, for everybody that's listening, uh, this is something that's important for the academy take take will's advice and and listen uh maybe more than once but it's important because you need this information before you get in the academy uh and it, it's real important and so thank you so much christine it's always yeah. good to have you here and Thanks uh for having me. and we appreciate it don't forget guys leave us a uh, leave us a review on uh apple podcasts thanks a lot Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. 
For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.